0: Hi guys, welcome to Unsolved Australia Minisodes. Thank you for joining me, Harry from the True Crime Sisters, in my endeavour to bring awareness for people who are missing and cases that haven't been solved. Today I'm covering two cases that don't seem to have as much media coverage as other cases I've talked about in my Minisodes. It'll be a bit of a short one purely because there's just not a lot of information out there, but these are listener requests and they do deserve more coverage than they've received. On December 12, 2000, a 15-year-old girl, Cherie Westall, did something that most of us do a couple of times a year. She went for a dentist appointment. She visited her dentist, Knox Dental Group, in Wonturner South, Melbourne, which is a popular dental clinic in the eastern suburbs, located at Knox Shopping Centre, at approximately 1.30pm. Cherie was only days shy of her 16th birthday, and according to family, she was looking forward to planning a party to celebrate. Cherie was living in Moorlbark, which is a suburb 31 kilometres east of Melbourne's CBD. She was living with a foster family at the time of her disappearance. According to some sources, Cherie was having a hard time adjusting to her foster home and had been exhibiting some destructive behaviour. Cherie left her dental appointment after half an hour and began her journey home. At 1.58pm, it is reported that she used a payphone on the corner of Selkirk's and Wonturna Roads in Wonturna. This payphone was located about 5 kilometres from the Knox Dental Group. This was the last time anyone heard from Cherie. Now I'm wondering whether the reason that there's been so little media coverage about Cherie is because at the time of her disappearance she was a ward of the state. Her family has since spoken out and they're obviously devastated that they don't know where she is, as is her foster mother, who to this day believes that there would have to be foul play involved for Cherie to not return home. But it does make you wonder, perhaps because she was a foster child, um, maybe she didn't have quite as much of a dedicated search party out looking for her. Maybe she wasn't seen quite as sympathetically as somebody who comes from like a strong, wealthy family or, you know, who isn't in that same foster situation, which is sad, but you do have to ask these questions. Also, according to her foster mother, there was a six-day delay before Cherie was reported missing due to a problem with the child protection system. Whatever the reason, this is so much time lost before police would have been aware of her disappearance and been able to investigate. We all know that that first 48 hours are vital to a missing person's case. At the time of Cherie's disappearance, she was 15 years old. She would now be 32. She was last seen in Wonturna in Melbourne, Victoria. She was 167 centimetres tall and has a medium build. She has brown hair and hazel eyes and a fair complexion. If you have any information that could possibly assist police to locate Cherie, even if it's the smallest thing, please be sure to call Crimestoppers on 1800 eight hundred triple three triple zero and now on to our second case for today and this was also a listener request and it's the case of melissa brown melissa went missing with her mother rosemary brown on the 13th of may 2000 like Cherie, she was also 15 years old and her mother rosemary was 33 years old earlier that month melissa lived with her mother and brother in a caravan at the windsor gardens caravan park before being evicted due to unpaid rent and youths loitering around the caravan Following this, a male resident of the park, Mark Nichols, invited them to reside with him in his caravan. They accepted this invitation. However, not long after, all four were evicted from the park. They moved Mark's caravan to one of Rosemary's friends' yards in Blair Athol, which is about 15 kilometres from the Adelaide CBD. On Saturday the 13th of May, Rosemary and Melissa left from a caravan that they'd been living in by foot to search for Rosemary's 11-year-old son. The time they were last seen differs depending on the source but was sometime between 1.30 and 2.30 a.m. Reportedly, Mark did not go with Rosemary and Melissa to search for Rosemary's son because he had to get up early the next morning for work. Mark apparently realised in the morning they hadn't returned. From what I've read, it appears that by this time the next morning, Rosemary's son was actually home, but Melissa and Rosemary hadn't returned. Mark reported that he and Rosemary's son tried to search for Rosemary and Melissa, but they found nothing. Rosemary and Melissa were reported missing on Sunday the 14th of May to the Holden Hill Police. Later that day, Rosemary's handbag was found on Stirling Street in Northfield, but police were actually not made aware of this until the 23rd of May 2000, and this was because after they did a media release, someone who was holding the bag realised that this bag was important to the investigation. Unfortunately, on the 2nd of July 2000, Rosemary was found deceased in some mangroves on Garden Island, which is a small island about 14 kilometres from the Adelaide CBD. She had been murdered. Melissa, however, has not been seen or heard from since. Police, unfortunately, do suspect that she's also been murdered. As I said before, Melissa was 15 years of age when she went missing and she would now be 32 years old. She was 162 centimetres tall and had a slim build. She had brown hair and eyes. There is a $1 million reward offered in return for information that leads police in the right direction. As usual, I want to emphasise that relationships do change over time. If someone told you something suspicious about this case back in 2000, now is the time to come forward and report it. If you have any information that will assist police in their inquiries regarding Melissa Brown, please do not hesitate to contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. And that goes for both of these cases. These beautiful young women deserve justice. Thank you so much for joining me for this short but important episode of Unsolved Australia mini-sodes. Be sure to tune in for our regular True Crime Sisters episodes on Monday Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for listening.